Welcome back to Dignity Leadership Consulting's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Dibs. D-I-B-S. On today's show, I have a, a uh, guru who's really good at this stuff. Her name is Anna Sanchez. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. Happy to be here. So Anna and I met um, during my master's program, and she is very good at this uh, diversity and inclusion stuff. And I'm, we talk about leadership. I'm just going to flat out say, be vulnerable. I know next to nothing about diversity and inclusion. And we're going to listen to Anna talk today. She's going to help us through this, and she's going to bring us along. It's, this is a huge topic. It's, coming, it's becoming more popular in today's workplace. So I think it's important. But also on the show to help us through with some color commentary. I've got Nadine Murphy, who is our insights guru, who joined us on a couple podcasts previously. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you. We also have in studio with me today, back in the house again, making multiple trips with me to the studio, is Chad Stedham. I'm, I know about nothing when it comes down to diversity and inclusion, and it's a topic I'm intrigued in because I think it's important in leadership. So what I did before today's podcast, and we're going to talk about my my why statement is to learn, to lead, to grow, and to create a world of dignity. So I had to do the learning part. So I actually sat down and took a LinkedIn course on diversity and inclusion so I could be better prepared for today. Because if we're going to talk to an expert, a guru who knows all this stuff about diversity and inclusion, um, you got to be prepared, right? So learners never stop learning, or leaders never stop learning. And uh, Anna's sat on, she, she's worked for a, um, a major bank, and she actually sat on their diversity and inclusion board. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Anna. And I, the first question I'm going to ask you, Anna, is your elevator speech. You got 60 seconds. What is diversity and inclusion? Well, you, you actually had a great segue into this and it, it is a sense of belonging it's it's diversity inclusion and belonging i love how you have have called that dibs and diversity inclusion is a way first of all the reason why it's so important to corporate america today is because it's good business and even before good business it's the right thing to do and a little bit of history is We've had diversity and inclusion a little bit throughout uh, history. First of all, you know, it first started in the 60s and the 70s with Affirmative Action, Equal Pay Act, and the Civil Rights Act. And the Civil Rights Act was even strengthened in 1991. But what the evolution has been with diversity and inclusion is that in the 60s and 70s, really, those acts were put into place so people can just basically stay out of trouble. Um, later in the 90s, it was about tolerating differences. So we really didn't come into the, the inclusivity part of all of this until recently. And it, it now is, is about why we need to do this. You know, the, the reason why we want to instill a sense of belonging in the workplace is, is because it's good for business, as I mentioned earlier, there's more evidence to support that uh, this in, by developing a workforce that mirrors the shifting demographics in America. And if you've seen it, it has shifted a great deal over the, the decades of, of, 
the way those demographics are changing. We've got a, a growing Latin population. We've, we, we've seen that. And the way companies are helping is just providing opportunities to participate for uh, team members to participate, helping our leaders learn more about that and being able to capture a share of the consumer market because we have a workforce that mirrors those customers that we serve. You, you just touched on something that's important and you, you said there's more and more diversity coming into the workplace. And in that little LinkedIn course that I took, I was wowed by one stat that they gave me. And that's by 2055, there will not be a dominant race in the workplace in the United States. It basically means that everybody's going to have an equal say in things. So where we're at now, and you mentioned another thing, Anna, that I want to talk about. So if we're going to help leaders or new people coming into leadership or growing as leaders, you mentioned that, you know, these acts and these laws are put into place to keep people out of trouble. But in today's world, and if you're going to be a leader, in my opinion is, that's being reactive, right? So somebody says, here's the law, let's react to it, let's just make sure we're hitting that. To me, reaction or a law is the bottom, the minimal, the smallest amount of something you need to do. For leaders, right. I think we need to be proactive, and I think it's vital that we get ahead of this and we get out and we get in front of it and we treat people and we figure out how to include more people. And we've talked about it in other podcasts and it's, it's that sense of belonging, which is why I add the B. So we got to have the diversity. We got to include everybody, but you've got to make them feel like they belong, like they're a part of the team. And as soon as you do that, lo and behold, productivity goes up. And That's now right. Yeah. It Go creates, ahead. fosters more creativity and innovation, uh, having diverse perspectives. Uh, but it's important that we, get, we as leaders help encourage that those perspectives to be heard and in ensuring that we are hearing all of those perspectives as we move through our businesses and, and generate results. Yeah. Go ahead, Chad. You got Yeah. So we're talking about diversity and inclusion. And so often people think of diversity and inclusion, whether it's gender or race, and then inclusion, whether it's coming into different, you know, demographics, et cetera. Like we, we've got many affiliations in the, the, the business that I work in, like Vets and then Pride and, and places for Hispanic organizations, et cetera. But one of the things that's not talked out about as often is diversity of thought. Right. So whenever you start thinking through diversity, diversity of thoughts, another one that kind of gets left to the wayside, because when you think about different individuals and different just age ranges. Right. Right now, we live in a, a world where it's so divisive from a political standpoint. Like if you're not right, you're wrong. If you're not left, you're going to get left type scenario. You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of the, the way in which we it, a lot of people think about politics these days. But the inclusion and the inclusivity part of it is really trying to understand and appreciate other individuals. So when you talk about belonging, I like the fact you brought that up as well. How do you help individuals? Like it, if let's say that you're talking through uh, and, and pride, let's let's take that. And pride was the organization for homosexuals. So as a heterosexual individual, how would you be able to? have a sense of belonging for somebody that's not in that same aspect and alliances like that's being an ally for individuals is one of the ways i would say to be able to bridge the gap because i'm personally not a veteran but i'm part of the vets organization 
I'm a heterosexual individual, but I'm part of the pride organization just to be an ally. And without that type of an ally or alliance, I don't know that you're going to get that sense of belonging that you're talking about. Well, I've got a great uh, short story for you. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the fact that you are a member of these the pride organization and veterans because it shows to me that you want to learn about about the, the, that group and the yeah. differences associated with the way they think your thought approach, I think is fabulous. But I'm also a member of the LGBT community. And the first time I was ever felt a sense of belonging is when my manager asked me a very simple question. He asked me, so how's Katrina? Katrina is my wife. No one has ever, at, before then, no one had ever just asked me how she was. And that simple statement made me feel like I'm part of the group because I happened to be the only female in a, in a leadership group. And it was always, how's your wife? How's your wife? How's your wife? To the males in the room. But never, it went, they would skip over me and keep going because I think some people just didn't know what to, how to refer to Katrina well, how about just her name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so, so I think people try to make it too difficult. They, they, they overthink it. There's a perception it. that it's too difficult, and it really is something as simple as that. Yes, exactly. So, so what <laughs> happened? What happened when your boss, and I'm going to break it down into the scientific fact. This is where my dominant side comes out. So from a scientific fact, and I think it's really important for up-and-coming managers, leaders to understand this, what your leader did with you, Anna, is built up trust. They didn't check in on you to say, did you get your work done? Do you have your task done? Where They checked on you. And what that does is it opens up you to explain about who you are, which automatically makes a sense of belonging. And it's really simple, but it's now here's what's really hard. So if you were listening to some of our other podcasts, we talked about the insights color wheel. And if you're a red or you're a blue, it's really, really difficult to check on somebody because what they want to do, the first thing is they want to check in with you. Hey, Chad, how are you doing? Did you get your stuff done? Instead of what her leader did with her was check on them. And that's a fundamental piece of building trust with your followers. Yeah. And, it, you know, that was a great example of, of uh, that Chad brought up on, on the pride group. But, I mean, this these questions and just getting to know people uh, – of in understanding where those differences are lots of have you ever heard of the diversity wheel if you haven't google it the diversity wheel is a great depiction of the 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 vast differences of of that people have the core of that wheel are those things that differentiate us that we cannot change so one of the things i wanted to bring up is is the diversity wheel if you haven't seen the diversity wheel I would Google it and take a look at that. And that gives you the, the dimensions where you'll see it's, it's, a, it's three rings and the inner circle are those diversity characteristics that an individual has that is, that is, is not chosen, so to speak. It's, it's race, it's gender, it's age um, and ethnicity, physical ability. So the second wheel are things that are more about uh, appearance, work experience, uh, religion is in there, um, education is in there. 
and it and it gets broader as you go. So a lot of those, a lot of these diversity dimensions are dimensions that you don't know unless you have a meaningful conversation with somebody to get to know them and at a more personal level. And I think leaders are responsible responsible for doing that uh, with their respective teams in in ways that are super easy. So, if you're new to leadership and you're trying to understand and wrap your head around diversity and inclusion, how would you, how would you approach the topic? How would you, just like what you said, you got to have that, that conversation. How would you start it off with somebody? Uh, with a new leader? Yeah. With any leader, any, well, we could be a leader. That's not good. A leader that wants to improve. So how do, how would you start the conversation? Say, all right, we've got to get, we got to get a better understanding. Right. And, yeah. You can use the color well, insights or whatever, but how would how would you start that? I, the the way I, first of all, I would demonstrate the behavior, um, and and what I mean by that is, you know, one of the things that I have found to be that works well for me that, that I think uh, is transferable would be, you know, one of the things that I used to do in my team meetings is every week I'd have a different question to ask them, and the question would be, uh, what was the first rock concert you went to? Or what, what, uh, tell, if it's the holidays, I would ask them, what's your favorite tradition for, for the holidays? And you'll get vastly different things. And usually when you just ask that question of everybody, or what would you do if you won a million dollars? I mean, just simple things that, that generate conversation, because almost always you'll get a story that somebody will be, that will tell while they're answering whatever that question is. Um, it, it is, I think, important that those are simple ways where we can uncover uh, uh, differences in people and learn to how to appreciate them. And, it, and then you'll learn something yourself about, about what the tradition might be or, or the experience that they had. But that would be one thing. The, it, with new leaders, I think it's important important that we're on purpose about this is why we need to do this. If this is, you know, we talked about it in, in, uh, with you, Rich, about your, your simple act of moving your coffee outside of your office so that would, that would encourage conversation and dialogue on a personal level with your team and how that improved productivity. So it's just those are simple things, I think, in how you demonstrated the behavior. Um, now, you knew that, but Someone else might not know that. They just think Rich is a cool guy and he gets it and, and he's open and, and, and wants to take the, the relationships to another level. Well, well I, now that you mentioned it, I am a cool guy. So we, <laughs> well, let's get that out of the way right now. I'm cool blue, so it's got to happen. That's no, but, right. um, you talked about another, another piece that I like. And so when you go those simple questions and you ask somebody like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite rock concert, favorite or favorite concert, favorite band. Let's not do rock. Cause then we've already said, you know, we've already got somebody into a group and we don't want them into a group. Our first so concert. yeah, it was first concert, whatever it is. And you, you start learning about people, but here's what happens with a lot of people. And this is what went through my head and it's like, okay, so I'm just going to flat out say it. I love John Denver, but that's not for everybody, right? And so somebody comes out and says, hey, I'm a fan of John Denver, and you guys all are making opinions about me. That's data. I've just given you a piece of information. And you're like, oh, well, 
John Denver, really? That's not really my kind of music. So how do you help somebody through that? So if you're in this group and you're a new leader and you're following your advice, Anna, and you're saying, hey, ask them what their favorite movie is, and somebody gives you a movie title that you as the leader absolutely cannot stand, how do you get over that? I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's, we, it's stumped the guru. <laughs> because I think that that is that is so it would not should not happen. It I shouldn't. Mean, you're absolutely right. There's no way know, it should, but it does, well, and, and we I all think, do it. Um, <laughs> I think you, as the person who absolutely doesn't like a movie, what is it that about yourself that maybe you, I think that that moment you had to look internally. Um, you know, somebody has trusted. The, the room to share something and by all means let's not break that trust um, and and I would recommend that I'm not the guru on this Anna but I would recommend that person take a step back and and figure out why you had such a, a reaction to that and and work on that internally yeah uh, I think Nadine brings up a good point then you're stepping away from diversity and inclusion it all this becomes self. And, and thank you, Nadine, for bringing that up, because I think that if we're going to demonstrate as leaders a way to get to know people, we got to be open to the responses. You have to already know that whatever you hear is, is not going to be something that shocks or offend you. I mean, you have to, it's all about being open and listening and understanding. And if you don't understand, and asking questions to help you understand, why did you like that movie? What was it? What about that movie resonated with you? And having those questions ready, and and not bringing your own opinion into it, um, you know, you might have team members around the table that may say, "Oh, I hated that movie. How come you liked it? You know, this is why I hated it." And then it starts going back and forth with, with the different opinions about whatever that answer might have been. For whatever question you know I, I love the fact that you you do some of these icebreakers to get to know people and and i was reflecting thinking back when you were talking um i i inherited a new team and i didn't know these people very well and fast forward a few months you know we were doing a lot of icebreakers get to know i want to get to know you i want you to know me uh, we had a company picnic and one of my team members came up to me and it was family day and he came up to me and introduced me to his husband and i was so honored i had no idea i was so honored that he trusted me with that information now what i'd love for us as a society to get to is where it's not a, an uncommon thing for a gentleman to introduce me to his husband where it's just, you know, it's, it's very uncommon. It's not uncommon for me to introduce my husband. You know, I'd like for us as a society to get to a point where, you know, there's not a, oh, wow, he really trusted me moment. It's just we're trusting everybody equally. Um, but I, I do remember that I was very grateful and, and felt like our relationship, um, you know, grew even more as a result of that trust that he gave me. Right. That's a, that's a great story. And, and when you do that, so somebody had to give trust first. Mm -hmm. So whether that person gave trust to you in introducing 
you know, his husband to you, which I highly doubt because that's a pretty significant deal. So my guess is, Nadine, is you probably initiated trust with him somehow before to make him feel comfortable to come back to trust you. Because to build trust, it's this back and forth of, of building back and forth, which I think when we get back to the diversity and inclusion side is where we've got to understand that all these people have different ideas, different thoughts, they come from different backgrounds. And it took a long time for me to get out of my own way of always seeing everything the way I see it. It's like, okay. Um, and we, we even had a conversation as we were getting ready in the hotel to come over here. And my wife says, hey, I need your opinion on something. I said, great. I already got the answer picked out. And she goes, how do you know you haven't even asked me yet? Well, what happens in life with most of us is we go through our experiences and somebody asks you something. It could be as simple as, hey, Chad, how are you? Doing great doing great, right? So you probably answer that all the time. And it took me a while to get me out of my own way and to say, okay, you know what? I'm not fine. I'm not good. I'm not doing great. Ask me, Chad, how am I? How are you doing, Rich? I'm better than great. And what happens is you get out of your own way and you start thinking differently and you start thinking and you start opening yourself up. It's just a little act like that that starts expanding your brain to say, hey, wait a second. My way might not be the only way. There might be another way, which I think is why diversity and inclusion is so important in today's world, because these people are coming from all different backgrounds. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too. If you think about the next generation of leaders, you have the Gen Zs right now that are between 18 and 24 years old. They're going to be our future leaders. And they have come they have grown up in a world that where they know about diversity and inclusion, they know about uh, racial injustices and inequalities, and they're demanding that from their employers. So if you, if you look at some of the statistics, that demographic, that generation is putting diversity and inclusion in, ahead of salary in their job searches. So if they, they research their companies, not only just for diversity and inclusion policies, but social um, responsibility as well, and deciding where they wanna work, where the company's ethics and culture is in line with their own. And we, we have, we collective, we corporate America needs to get better at it and not just throwing a DNI policy out there but when I and and then not not walking the talk, there are countless companies where you'll go and you'll see and read about their diversity and inclusion policies, and then you'll go click on their senior and executive leadership, and it's not diverse at all. So, and and our next generation leaders are recognizing that. So it's going to be tough not to do something around this topic and do it in a meaningful way and walk the talk mm -hmm. at the same time because then you're not going to attract the talent that you need to grow your business. Yeah, and I don't think we can have a DNI conversation, Rich, without even talking about biases, right? So we first have to realize we all have them. Some of them are conscious. Many of them are unconscious biases. And whenever you get to it, I like the movie scenario, right? So whenever somebody says, oh, I love this movie, it's like, really? But we have to start identifying, A, realize that we've got unconscious biases, but really start to do some self-introspection, right? So we, we've got to inspect ourselves to figure out what are some of these unconscious biases. There's a number of tools and resources that are out there, but until we can start 
overcoming and making some of those unconscious biases conscious so that we're aware that we've got them, I think that's gonna be one of the first things to your point of what would you say to a new leader? I would go do a couple of assessments there to try to understand where your unconscious or your blind spots may truly be. Yeah, you gotta find those blind spots. And if you go and pick up, a, you know, Nadine's probably the best person on this one, but go do an insights thing or a disc or something that's that's pretty detailed, not just our little eight question one we did on a previous podcast, but go, go and get a detailed one. Find out who you really are as a person and look at that. And it's gonna have some information in there that's probably gonna hurt. I remember the first time I read mine and I was like, whoa. And then I shared it with my family and they're like, well, yeah, that's who you are. And I'm like, okay, so that's how they see me. And then, um, Anna, you just touched on it. You know, you talk about the diversity and inclusion and, and the upcoming people coming in the workforce. And like I said earlier, by 2055, it's all gonna be, it's, we're not gonna, there's not gonna be diversity because it's all gonna be included. So it's gonna take some time. So the old people like me, the dinosaurs like myself, we gotta figure out how, how we get into that inclusion and how we include these people. And it is telling when you go and look, and the book Extreme Ownership talks about it, you know, um, it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. So if you have a diversity and inclusion program that says, hey, we're including everybody, and then you go and you click on the contact us page or the executive summary page, and you see everybody looks the same and you read their profiles, they all have the same education. It's like, where's the diversity? And it's not there. And then another piece of diversity that I've learned as I've grown is what happens when you formulate a team of everybody that thinks just like you. That's a scary thought. It's nothing happens. That's what happens. <laughs> Bingo. Exactly. <laughs> nothing happens because nobody wants to challenge anybody's assumptions. Everybody's got the same thought process, the same patterns. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, you get in these teams, you have these organizations that have been long standing and they're really great, and then all of a sudden they come crashing down. Well, why did they come crashing down? Well, yeah. if you start digging into some of their leaderships, you know, it's they've been doing the same thing forever, and everybody gets used to doing the same thing. And nobody ever challenged them to grow to do something new. You can't you can't grow if you don't get out of your comfort zone. Can't grow if you don't stretch. That's right. You you can't grow if you if you don't have a team that trusts each other to be able to speak up when they see something that they don't agree with. And and that is so hard to be the first person to speak up against maybe what what the group is thinking um but it, it sometimes it just takes one voice to to facilitate the wheels and the gears to change in a different direction well i think nadine you bring up a great point and whenever you have the individuals that can start speaking up that's when you know you've got that trust that's whenever you've been able to foster those relationships bridge those gaps that, that you have out there where people don't feel like they could speak up for either what's right or what could even be a better route to be able to take to be able to get the job accomplished. All right, so this never fails to happen. We're coming up on our 30 minute, I'm getting the 30 minute warning from our podcast producer. We got two minutes left. So 60 seconds of that is gonna be dedicated to Anna. Anna, <laughs> I need your elevator speech. Give me 60 seconds of why diversity, inclusion, and belonging is important today for leaders. It's important today for leaders because it's the right thing to do and it's good for the business. And it's proven when you have diversity, inclusion and belonging, it is proven that productivity improves because of the diverse opinions. 
but as leaders, we got to welcome those opinions. We have to ask and be thoughtful about obtaining all of those different opinions about uh, whatever the, the work is to be done. So that's a great ending. We're up against the clock again. I want to thank my guests for coming on the show today. Nadine, Anna, Chad, thank you for being with me today. Thank our producer, Kevin E. I'm Rich Levine, the founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. If you would like some more information, if you want to follow me on LinkedIn, you can hit me at linkedin.com backslash rich.levine, L-E-V-E-N-E. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dignity Leadership Consulting. So that's it for today. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.